Hey, welcome to the Pachanga and Possibility Podcast, the podcast where we celebrate the power of healing and transformation. I am your host, Natalie Galsadilla. Each week, I'll be interviewing experts that will inspire you to discover your soul's purpose and create a fulfilling life. I'll also be sharing some spiritual coaching along the way and personal adventures as I enter this new phase in my life as a mother and entrepreneur. All right, mi gente, grab your cafecito and a notebook. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Pachanga and Possibility. Today's special guest is Christine McGlinchey-Yap. She is the mindful mama behind Om Mamas, a community dedicated to conscious parenting. With over a decade of experience in corporate communications, she has transitioned her leadership skills into providing women with guidance into stepping into their journey to motherhood. She supports and encourages women to claim their power and own their motherhood experience by making choices that align with their mind, body, and spirit. This year, she released her first book, Mantras, Mantras for the for Mindful Moms, a book inspired by every kind of motherhood moment infused with love, light, and healing energy, available now on Amazon. Welcome, Christine. Hi, I am so grateful to be here and for you being my talented graphic artist on my book. <laughs> yes, I love to be able to design the cover to your book. It was an amazing project. And now more than ever, I'm grateful for the contents of the book because I'm a new mom. So when we first met, I wasn't a mom and now I am. So what you're doing means a lot to me. And now I get it. <laughs> yes, it was I divinely time that's for sure yes the struggle is real get <laughs> every one of those mantras in that book mm-hmm. so tell us about om mamas what exactly is this yes yeah, so om mamas is my community it's about mindful motherhood and it really is a safe space for women to just detail and share their journey of motherhood it really started when I was pregnant and I was looking for natural ways and solutions and resources uh, because I wanted to have a natural childbirth. And I really didn't find much in terms of resources and inspiration. So I kind of just created a community that aligned with my beliefs. And it was really like out of necessity that I decided to create this platform. And it's grown into just this beautiful community of women sharing their stories and having a space to call their own. What are the kinds of things that you share with the community? So basically I share mindfulness tips. I share, you know, my core principle, my core values are really that alignment with mind, body, and spirit. Because throughout my pregnancy journey, I realized that when one thing is out of balance, then the other thing suffers. So going into motherhood, I had a strong desire to just heal and transform like limiting beliefs and blockages that were kind of holding me back from experiencing motherhood the way that I wanted to, such as like inner child healing and mother wounds, exploring all of those dynamics before having my daughter. 
And also just in terms of body, just like cleansing my routine. I was using a lot of toxic um, soaps and deodorants, just, you know, normal everyday products that we don't look twice at or think about. And really going into a more holistic, mindful practice of mind, body, spirit. So those things that you had to heal and transform, you mentioned inner children and... Inner child healing and mother wound. Ah, yes. Inner children and the mother wound. Talk to me more about that journey and the inspiration for that message for other moms. So as women, we are taught to kind of take life as it comes to us. We are taught to remain small, not ask questions, not stand out. And experiencing motherhood and even just the feeling of becoming pregnant, knowing that you're going to be responsible for another life really stuck with me. And I wanted to make sure and I wanted to try my best to be the best version of myself going into motherhood. And even now, my daughter's 16 months, just working on myself every day the best I can. For inner child healing, it really showed up when I had my daughter. So I was postpartum and I was being really hard on myself, really critical of myself, and I didn't feel worthy. And that is part of the reason I wrote mantras also, uh, just as little reminders throughout the day, empowering women to claim and take their power back, infusing themselves with loving, kind words, and just being overall compassionate. A lot of the time as women, we don't feel like we're good enough. We don't feel like we're worthy. And that really does pour over into motherhood. Like I'm sure, Natalie, you can relate, like feeling yeah. like failure. Absolutely. Um, we're very critical and we're very hard on ourselves. So when you heal the inner child and you're able to give yourself the love that you feel you didn't receive maybe as a child and you're able to validate yourself in that way, then you can really you can really take your power back and show your child the love, the attention and the emotional validation that they require. I can relate so much because during my pregnancy, I had a lot of stuff come up. Like the struggle and and the intensity began, you know, before she was even born. I was really surprised that so much came up because I had done so much work already, and I had spent already years in therapy. That I, you know, went worked on a lot of things and a lot of healing and a lot of growth had already occurred, and I felt really whole and grounded and together before I was pregnant, but then I felt that the pregnancy really triggered that the mother wound, right? And not that I hadn't spent time working on my mother wounds, be wounds before I had, but it just brought what was left into my face. And it was so important to work on that because we can give our children more issues, right? If we don't work, we can, that's how you get into the whole like generational traumas and things like that. And we pass that in our DNA also to our kids and their kids can have, you know, some, you know, issues along their lineages of women. And I really knowing that this is a thing that's real, I wanted to make sure that she came into this world with a clean slate as to to the best of my ability right i think it's not 
nobody can do it 100% because there's just too many things. And I went on to have to see my, to go back to my therapist to work on specifically everything that being pregnant was triggering and fear of being a bad mom and fear of, I mean, raising me the same way my mom raised me. Not that she did a bad job, but there's definitely things I want to do different. The worthiness thing and being capable and the fear, also the fear of actual like labor and birth, the hypnotherapy also, hypnobirthing really helped me with the fear of labor. And then working through that wound also took place for me in the astral realm where I was doing a lot of spiritual work with a particular female guide that was helping me work through more of my fears around being a mother, honestly. And I was having also issues even connecting with my baby and wanting to connect and connecting. And it was a big journey during the pregnancy to just do a lot of work. And so needing that support and that education and that self-compassion was such a big deal. Like your motherhood journey starts the moment that you're pregnant because it's it's intense. Yeah. And even for me, my motherhood journey actually started before I got pregnant because, you know, as I got older and as my husband and I deepened our relationship and deepened our connection, you know, and children was on the horizon, I was so resistant to becoming a mom in the first place. I like I had all of those mother wounds, the inner child stuff presented itself even before I conceived. And I do believe that a lot of that trauma was preventing me from actually conceiving. Like I wasn't becoming pregnant and I wasn't having a baby because I just literally was not allowing my body to process that blessing. I was just like keeping that I was like, oh, I can't be a mother. Like motherhood can't be for me. I'm not this type of person. When I knew in my bones and in my soul, I was always meant to be a mother. Like my physical body was resisting it. Like I was putting up all of these blocks and I had all of these limiting beliefs about what being a mother was. Um, You know, I kept thinking, well, I won't be able to travel anymore and I have to give up my entire life. And I was really seeing motherhood as like a burden and like this duty and responsibility and really taking a step back and examining why am I feeling this way about motherhood? What is it about motherhood that is triggering me? And once I started exploring all of that, I, you know, I uncovered all of these deeply rooted issues. And I think that's an important step for people Whatever you're resisting, you should actually run to because there's something there. Like that's a level of growth waiting to be uncovered. And I realized this year, if you're not constantly healing, you're concealing. You're just hiding something. So if you're not going into the healing, if you're not being willing to do the work, then, you know, you're just covering things up. And so I ran to that issue. I ran to that issue and I said, you know, what is it here? What is it that needs to be resolved? And once I overcame how I was approaching motherhood, literally from like one month to the next, I was pregnant. Like after I did all of that work, it literally was, it was instant. And the baby was like, okay, now you're ready to be my mom. You know, like <laughs> my poor daughter is over the <laughs> There's so many stories that I've heard 
like that, where they're trying to conceive, they can't get pregnant, they go through some healing process. Mm -hmm. I've seen it and it's not just one modality, but in many different ways, but just whatever healing looks like for that person, Mm -hmm. and that they uncover, you know, they do inner child work or some other deep transformational experience happens. And once they heal the root of the problem, all of a sudden, they're able to conceive. Now, obviously, that's not for everybody, but I have seen that a lot of times. It's incredible. And my story kind of also parallels yours because I didn't see myself as the super nurturing personality. I'm kind of a hard ass for a lot of things and not mushy. And I saw myself, even though I'm extremely responsible, just the very nurturing type and mushy. And I don't know, like, people would have kids and I wasn't the first person to want to pick up your kid. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's your thing. That's not mine. I don't know. I was just not in that realm. But like you said, you knew at a soul, like in your bones that you wanted to be a mom, but you had all this stuff on top where you felt like, no, then what is that going to mean for me? And I had to work through that. And I was in, in my journey with my therapist where my therapist is a spiritual counselor and he kept seeing you have a daughter in your energy field. There's a daughter waiting to be born to you. And I even had dreams with her and I had a friend's dream of her too. And he would see her too. And so there was this like little girl waiting to be born to me as her mom. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't, I never wanted to have a kid. I was never the kid that fantasized about having a family and getting married and walking down the aisle. My fantasies were about being free and in this this independent woman and building an empire and living by myself. And it was not like the family dream and all of that. And it was fear-based. There was just a lot of fears around what I defined as being a mom. That was from my experience seeing my mom and other moms and what that meant what it meant to be a mom in a relationship with a partner, what it meant for my goals and my dreams and my personal self-care and my finances and all of those things that were just stories. And it doesn't have to necessarily be my stories, but I had to work through those. So it's so important to, like you said, if you're not healing, you're concealing to move in the direction of the uncomfortable feelings, those things that you really don't want to feel need to be felt because there's relief on the other side of that. Right. And not only relief, but purpose. Yes. Yeah. When we're basically keeping ourselves because now that I'm a mom and while I was pregnant, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been resisting. Like, this is beautiful. It was just like a beautiful transformation of every of the person I knew I was deep down inside. And it was like coming home to that person. And it was just like, man, I was like resisting this for so long. And it's just, it's so beautiful to finally be able to embody it. And I wouldn't want anything else. So now when I kind of see like the triggers and you know, the triggers never end. It's just (laughs) constant trigger after trigger. But now I kind of take a step back and I'm like, okay, what is this situation trying to show me, especially in parenting, right? There's so many teachable moments. There's just so many things that our children are showing us about ourselves. And I really want to cultivate more of a mindset toward that in my community as well. And that's, you know, the whole conscious parenting thing. And a lot of people 
have uh, misconceptions about conscious parenting or mindful parenting because they see it as, oh, well, you know, you're perfect or, you know, it's the illusion of being mindful means that you're seeking perfection when it's the complete opposite. Being mindful is being completely aware of your imperfections and leaning into them and just being vulnerable and authentic about them. So I think I really want to show people that it's approachable and that there's a different way to parent. There's a different way to birth children into this world and just really remind people like I was reminded of who they are and reminding women that they're powerful and that they can do this and they don't have any limitations. They can have the baby. They could have the career. They can have all of it. They can balance the motherhood. You know, that's very important to me that people realize. And in mantras, I go into that a lot. Not only are you a mother, but you're an individual woman with your own goals, your own expectations, your own dreams for your life and your purpose. Your child is a part of that, but your child is not all of that. Because I think a lot of women get lost in motherhood. It's easy to. And we lose our identities in our children. And that's not what's required of us. What's required of us as mothers is actually to very much keep our identities while honoring the identity of who our children are. That's so important to make sure that we stay as our individual whole beings as, a, you know, as women and that we are not just only our children, but we are also independent because we go through that mourning process. I know I did when I was pregnant of mourning who I was and getting ready for who I was getting ready to become. And it was not true that I was going to lose who I am because I became a mother. That's not, you know, that's just like an illusion. I think when that when you see that happen is because that person kind of allowed it to happen. Right. When you're mindful of everything that's going on, the mindfulness is not being perfect. The mindfulness I feel is involves a lot of self-compassion and intentionality in what you're doing. When when I was uh, when I posted on Instagram, I think shortly after Amara was born, a lot of some of the women in your community follow me also. And I was so blown away by, I did like a really deep sharing about the, how difficult it was to have a newborn post, you know, in COVID. And all of these women, I, it was by far the highest performing post I've ever had in my account. It was crazy. Everybody was writing me like essays for comments of the love and compassion and just held me in so much gentle loving energy to help me go through it like I just I can't I can't explain it it was just the most unbelievable thing like I was crying when I was reading through those comments and it's just that's really what the community is about and having all of these very compassionate loving women also telling you hey it's okay motherhood doesn't look like any specific one thing it's different for everybody and we're here for you and if you need support let us know and I felt so held that it really helped me get through that yeah you know motherhood can be lonely also it can be very lonely and very isolating so put that pair that with a worldwide pandemic where you can't see your friends you can't see your family you can't do the things that you potentially could have before and that just escalates the whole entire situation on top of having a newborn and all of the you know issues and the growth that comes with that and that was really important for me too to create and cultivate this community where we remind ourselves that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay 
to not compete with other women. It's okay to just share our stories. I found that, that a lot of the mothers in my life weren't sharing their stories about motherhood because when I had my daughter, I was like, you guys lied. Like you made it look easy. Like this isn't easy. Why isn't anyone talking about this? And that's what, that's what I want my community to be. People like saying this isn't easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And it's okay that we don't think it's easy. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having the perfect picture of you with your hair done and makeup done, holding the baby, you know, and that's okay too, because there are the moments for that. And there are the audiences for that. But I really want to get back to like that raw, sacred energy of women supporting women, that community and that village that we've like separated so much from because our society is so individualistic. And I really want to go back to helping and empower and supporting and uplifting each other again, because I think it's important that our stories are shared. Like how many women don't tell anyone what they've been through, the trauma of their birth experience, the trauma of postpartum. I think, um, you know, women are scared to share it because it's that uncomfortable, messy part that we don't want other people to know. It's like that shadow side of us. But once we're able to speak to the shadow, then it comes to light. And then it's not that dark, scary thing anymore. It's not that thing for us to be to be fearful of. Um, you know, I'm a huge advocate of sharing your story. And I say this being a hypocrite myself because I'm 33 right now. And I will tell you for 30 years, I never told anyone my story. I never shared any of my life. So for me to step out into this in this way is very uncomfortable for me. But also it's very meaningful because I'm starting to realize the strength and the power of sharing your voice, sharing your story. And as a corporate communicator, I was sharing other people's stories. I was behind the scenes, like telling everyone, writing people's stories. And then so now, you know, it's really time for me to step up and share my own and use my voice to promote this beautiful platform and to really advocate for women and women rights and maternal rights, maternal health care, and just wanting to bring back that sense of community to motherhood. Sharing your story is so important. And vulnerability is definitely the prerequisite to being able to share your story from a real place of authenticity. Because people feel when you're being fake and tiptoeing around something, and they also know when you're being really genuine and real and raw. You can feel that. Everything is energy. You can you really know what's going on. But it's crazy because I had also the issue around being vulnerable and how uncomfortable would make me feel. And I think I've said this in a different episode. I had a teacher tell me true strength is vulnerability. And my reaction was that I wanted to like punch her in the throat. And so <laughs> I was like, get get out of my face, woman. Like, I don't know what you're telling me right now. But what happened was as I went through my healing journey journey, I was able to become more and more vulnerable. Mm. And in that vulnerability, then magic started happening. Because when you show up in that rawness, you give other women the permission mm. to be raw and messy too. Mm. And that creates a much deeper relationship between women. Mm-hmm. much deeper. But if we stop with this whole, you know, I feel like that era of being about the Joneses is over and we're moving into this new consciousness of being open and authentic and real and accepting people as who they are. And it's just because 
we have this common suffering. We all, every mother goes through the same thing. And I was pissed just like you when I had the baby. I was like, what the fuck? Nobody told me how horrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) this shit is in the beginning. Not even difficult, fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the best way. Because I knew I was like, Natalie's over there suffering. I already knew it. <laughs> <laughs> this I there are not words to describe. <laughs> and if you're pregnant right now, I, I just get ready. And I'm not trying to scare you. But it is I, or maybe for me, it was more challenging because I had not grown up and maybe if you're like me then listen to me so this is what this is the template i grew up around no children so i never babysat i think i was around like maybe two babies in my life nothing zero experience i couldn't even tell you if i i don't even think i had changed a diaper before i had my child (laughs) so when i gave birth i was like what have i done what is happening oh my god and i'm so thankful for the women who held me and were vulnerable with me and kept telling me that it was going to be okay and that these things also happened to them and these symptoms or that or this or their birth story More specifically, not being judged for my decision to stop breastfeeding. That was a big one in the community. When I made that post that I got a lot of support with, that a lot of people who were pro-breastfeeding said, you know what, you have to do what's best for you, mama. Mm -hmm. What is best for you to have the bandwidth to show up and love your child to death? And if breastfeeding and pumping is sucking the life out of you, it's okay to stop. And I needed to hear that that day from all those women who commented on my post. Mm -hmm. I needed that okay Mm -hmm. because I didn't know. I didn't know the shame and Mm -hmm. the guilt was, it felt Mm -hmm. like the weight of the world on me. Mm -hmm. So having a community like yours where you're promoting all of these positive things makes such a huge difference because some moms have zero community and no support from their families and they don't know what to do and and how they're feeling if it's okay or not so it's powerful work yeah and you know that's what i realized women need permission like we need permission to feel a certain way just like you said i needed permission i even needed permission to step into this work I needed validation. I went to you many times and I was like, Natalie, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know where this community is going and asking for help beyond ourselves. Like that has really resonated with me over the course of this year too, is asking for help, not being afraid to say, I don't have it figured out. So I'm going to find someone who does because that's where growth lies and we're not meant to do it alone. And you know, mothers, we think, no, I have to suffer in silence. I have to do this alone. I have to figure it out. No, you have resources. And this past year, I tapped into a business coach. I tapped into a spiritual advisor. I tapped into Natalie's healing powers and shamanism, you know, her talented graphic design. I outsourced when I couldn't source things for myself. And it's, you know, you don't have to do, you don't have to do everything yourself. And I think it's just a reminder that ask for help. If you are having issues in any area, there's a woman waiting and willing to support you, whether it's your with your spiritual business, like Natalie's work does, if it's birth planning and intuitive guidance, like I do, 
there's someone out there for everyone and you don't have to feel like you're alone. Yes, I want to emphasize that. Ladies, listen, listen, there is a woman out there right now waiting and wanting to support you and help you mm -hmm. lean into that, into that possibility, into that open. That's not going to judge you. That's not going to shame you. That's not going to even want to try to fix your problems. That is just going to want to hold you and whatever it is that you need. It's real because there's so many women that I do know who are not open, who are afraid of getting close to other women, who want to portray maybe an image of perfectionism and are not allowing themselves to be seen and given the support that they need, thinking that they're, you know, a lot of it is the shame, shame about this and shame about that, that we're supposed to know it all and do it all and be Wonder Woman and going to bed crying every night. You know what I mean? We all mm -hmm. go through that. It is normal <laughs> mm -hmm. to experience that at one point in your life, if not many, it's okay. But know that there's a woman out there waiting for you and wanting to help you. Yeah. And that was very much me. I was that woman who refused to ask anyone for help, me. suffered in silence, cried myself to sleep, thinking I was alone, going through bouts of depression and anxiety. So there's always a, a different way. You can wake up and choose another option. Today, tomorrow, you have options and it's never too late to recreate yourself in whatever way that looks like for you. So true. Yeah. Are there any transformational stories or from women in your community that you want to share? You know, I think really I've just been getting this overall theme of women wanting to know how to balance it all. It's like that balance and those boundaries, they keep coming up as like questions and outreach. And you know, I always say just being kind to yourself, being compassionate to yourself, not feeling like you have to do it all, get everything done on your to-do list. And I think I even was telling this to you, Natalie, a little bit when we were talking while you were postpartum, but that need of controlling, like controlling that things have to look a certain way. We want everything to look a certain way. We want our child to be the child who's super polite and asks, says please and thank you. And we want to be able to show up in a certain way. And the reality is that, you know, sometimes we don't get the kid that says please and thank you. <laughs> We're crying and screaming on the floor. And sometimes we don't wash our hair for two weeks and we can't go and get our nails done. And it's just that level of like compassion and kindness to ourselves and saying, it's okay. It's okay that my child doesn't do what the other mom on Instagram's child does. It's okay that I haven't washed my hair in two weeks. As long as I'm fed, the kids are fed, we're all safe and we're all healthy. And it's just taking those little small moments of gratitude, just to acknowledge that you're safe, you're healthy, you're alive, you're breathing, you made it through another day and you did this with either help, with support, with no help, with no support. Either way, like you did this, you are the co-creator of your life. And just that empowerment piece, like just giving back so much love and energy to women and just saying like, look at what you've done. Look at what you've accomplished. Take grace in knowing that you got up, you got out of bed today. Because sometimes that's all the energy we have to do, right? Sometimes you've, we've all been there when you're feeling depressed and like you can't do anything else. 
the fact that you got out of bed today, that might have been enough for whatever you had going on. So really that theme of setting boundaries and being kind to yourself, that really comes up a lot. I get a lot of questions from moms about, you know, motherhood and working and starting a business and how they're supposed to manage. And it's just all about being patient and giving yourself that time to figure everything out and not having to rush through it and really just leaning on other people and not being afraid to message someone and say, hey, how did you do this? So, you know, again, just a reminder that community is around you. Be patient and be gentle with yourself and take it slow and, you know, reach out for help. Don't be afraid or embarrassed or ashamed because people, like Natalie said, women are here who want to help you and who literally live and have careers based off of supporting other women. So it's accessible to you at any time. What is your dream and your vision for old mamas or your big dream for old mamas? You know, I'm going to say it here and I'm going to declare it, but I would love to have like maternal healthcare centers that educate and empower women on conceiving pregnancy, postpartum, A really robust one place that you can go to for everything, for educational programs. You know, Natalie and I have spoken about how the healthcare system in America just leaves you with more questions than answers regarding pregnancy and childcare in general. I mean, the the hospital basically hands you your baby and it's like, all right, good luck. Yes. Peace out. (laughs) Yeah, we need more education and support about pregnancy options that we have more than one option to birth a child. You know, you don't have to do it in the hospital. You could have a midwife, you could have a doula, you could go to a birthing center. You don't have to elect for the C-section because it's not, you know, necessary unless it is medically necessary between you and your healthcare professional. But, you know, just a place. I would love to have these outreach centers in different communities where women can go support one another, get education, get resources, birthing classes, child care classes, mindfulness classes for children and women. I mean, I would love to see that in the world where women don't have to wonder anymore about how they're going to get through motherhood or be scared because they don't know how the hell to be a mother in the first place. Like (laughs) I would love to have those resources available for everyone in all communities, not limited to rich, poor, whatever, just inclusive Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> we need this. It is such a big necessity on this planet. Wow, because I just went through this and I was really thankful that I had you in the beginning of my journey because you were the one that told me about there's other ways of birthing that I don't have to go to the hospital and the birthing centers and the importance of the birthing plan and a midwife and a doula and all these different things that exist. But a lot of women have no idea. Nobody educates you. And it's interesting how nothing happens by accident because I planned for a very hands-off, non-invasive birth because that's what I wanted. But I ended up having the opposite or I ended up having both. So I was simultaneously going through the route of natural birth with a midwife and a doula and home birth, but I also went for the majority of my pregnancy to a regular OB. So I was kind of living these like parallel plans. And I was so grateful that I had the natural path 
because I received so much education and love and support and handholding and attention that I was not getting whatsoever with the regular OB Western medicine care. Mm -hmm. It is pretty much transactional. Mm -hmm. They absolutely do not care about how you're feeling and what's going on. It's transactional. This is a baby out. (laughs) This is how the baby gets in. Here's your checkup. Everything's fine. Wham, bam, you're done. There's none of the emotional support that you get with a doula and a midwife. I also did the hypnobirthing and that was kind of like the master's level of a birthing course instead of like a regular, I don't know what they're called now. Not, um, it's not Lamaze, but whatever the regular standard birthing courses, the hypnobirthing is a much more in-depth course. And it was so useful and supportive to me emotionally. And even having the doula during the birthing, I can't even fathom what birth would have been without a doula. Mm. I can't even fathom it. And that, that I only had her the first 24 hours because I was in labor for 36 hours. And that last stretch, I had to be transferred to the hospital. And now I was in COVID land with zero attention. And I was remember just sitting there in the hospital and how like, I was not a person. Mm-hmm. Like the nurses didn't care about me. They would barely even look at me in the eyes. My doula wasn't allowed in because of COVID. Thankfully, my partner was. But it's such an intense experience and it's this huge initiation and life change. And you really do need to be prepared and to have a one-stop shop for moms, to have all of these resources and education to prepare them for what happens in pregnancy, what happens during labor, what happens postpartum, and all of these different milestones. It's it's crucial. We need to have something like that. So there's nothing more that I wish for your vision to come to fruition because it's definitely something that's needed. Yeah, no, absolutely. Western medicine treats childbirth like a medical procedure. Like, okay, we'll pencil you in here. Like, all right. Yeah, we need to change that because it really is a sacred initiation, like you said. So let's go back to those ways and, you know, we'll do it. So everyone come check me out at Oh Mamas. And I have a birth planning option as well that I would love to support any moms and women along their journey. Um, In addition to my intuitive guidance readings, and I have a ton of other um, really cool programs and courses for mindfulness and moms that I'd love for you to check out. Yes, listeners, definitely check her out. Where is it that they can find you? What's the best way for them to find you? So on Instagram, it's at Om Mamas, O-M-M-O-M-M-A-S. And you can check out my website, ohmamas.com. And you can check out all of my offerings. I actually launched an online shop of uh, essential oil roller blends for the whole family, which is a great, uh, safe, non-toxic solution to like everyday aches and pains for mommy and baby. Yeah, that's the best way to reach me. Your own mama's community is on mainly on Instagram. Are you also on Facebook, like have a Facebook group or where's your main? So my main platform is Instagram. I do have a Facebook group, but I really love the vibe of Instagram. And I've, I've been loving like messaging women and moms and really fielding questions there. And my email is on there also if anyone wants to reach out. 
cool. Yes, I prefer Instagram also. Mm-hmm. Like better over there. Mm-hmm. My Facebook's kind of like blah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. Do you have any events coming up? Is there anything cooking you got going on that you want people to stay tuned for? So I'm doing a lot of different group readings and I have uh, programs and offerings. So every month I have different offerings and I do group readings specifically for motherhood journeys. Any woman who is conceiving, who is currently pregnant or a seasoned mother, I do group readings where I answer a specific question, uh, guiding you intuitively uh, with an answer. Or on October 24th, I am hosting a cord release ceremony for anyone who would like to join. That is going to be on the link in the bio on the Old Mamas page under cord release ceremony. And it's just a really beautiful way to let go of any attachments and energy that is no longer serving you. Awesome. What's an example of something, an attachment or an energy that doesn't serve you anymore? So for instance, an example of a cord that might be stuck on you is if you get into a fight with someone, perhaps you are ending a relationship with someone, these energetic attachments, if we're not consciously um, releasing them from ourselves, stays in our energy system, and it can cause us to feel anxious, fatigued, we can have feelings of heaviness. And once we send love, light, and release that energetic cord, then we can feel lighter, we can feel more confident, we can move on. And as you know, as mothers, as women, as people moving through this apocalyptic COVID world, we have so many different energetic attachments to us from social media, even from watching the news. So just really like releasing all of those icky bits of frustration and tension from our energy and allowing our energy just to be cleansed and in a safe space. So I'm really excited about that. Um, that ceremony, it'll leave you feeling really, really good. That's awesome because I've definitely done cord cutting ceremonies in the past. And mm-hmm. it, I feel like cord cutting is part of your energetic hygiene yeah. that you have to do. Mm-hmm frequently you know and especially after anything heavy and I'm glad you mentioned the news because with the whole election I've been watching the news a lot trying to stay on top of what's going on and I can definitely feel like that heaviness and once the election's over I'm gonna want to definitely cut that cord (laughs) and go and reset so I highly recommend it great well thank you so much for being on the show it has been a wonderful time speaking with you And I hope everyone goes over, checks out Christine's Instagram, join the Mindful Mamas community and become an own mama. And also head over to Amazon and buy her book. It is a great book to reference when you're feeling out of sorts. It's a quick read. It's also super cute because I designed it. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. It's a wrap. All right. Until next time. Bye. Wasn't Christine lovely? I love what she's created. This Oh Mamas community is amazing and adds so much value to mindful moms. So make sure you go on on Instagram and check it out. She has also decided to give away a copy of her book to a lucky listener. So if you want to win a copy, then 
please share this episode on Instagram and tag Christine and me and you will be entered into the giveaway. The details are in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. Thank you guys for being here. I know that your time is the most valuable thing you have. It means the world to me that you're here. There are many more cool episodes coming. So go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If this episode inspired you, please leave a review so this show can reach more people who need healing. Every month, I'm giving away my productivity planner to one lucky listener who shares the show on Instagram and tags me at NatalieOneLove. Again, thank you for being here. I love you guys. See you in the next episode.